The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello everybody and welcome to Backstage Gaming, dramatic takes on your favorite games. I'm Chris. I'm Dylan. And we're here, rolling into our second half century... No, hang on. I There's no term for a hundred of a thing, or fifty of a thing. Uh, yeah, no, there, there Centennial? really Centennial? No, that's nothing. Whatever we're episode 50, it's episode is, 51. We're halfway there, halfway there, halfway there. And uh, we are joined this week by a guest. It's been a minute since we've had a guest on the show. Uh, and that guest is our friend, Dakota. Hi, Dakota. Hello. Hi, And Dakota, Dakota is here. <laughs> Dylan doesn't get to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, did you misread? Okay, we, we say hi, Dakota, so much on the show that I was making a reference to that. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, but we're here, and we have hi, Dakota guys. here to talk about something that is a little bit Far flung from our regular topics, but it's something that Dakota is uh, more expert in than either of us, certainly. Uh, Dakota, what is it that you do? What are your what are your bona fides? I am a freelance illustrator, concept artist, and currently master's student um, in painting and illustration. Hell yeah! And you, a lot of your work that I have seen, at least I don't, I can't speak to everything you're doing in school, but I know that you do a lot of uh, character work, illustrative work, landscapes. Uh, a lot of fantasy yep. stuff. and There's a lot of that. And so we're going to take advantage of having someone who's actually a visual artist on uh, and take another look at the world of Magic the Gathering. We did one episode several months ago. I don't remember exactly when. Uh, yeah. Where we, we looked at how Magic cards created narrative through their mechanics, through what the cards do, through what the cards... Uh, said as far as flavor text goes and also looking at the artwork of cards and how that all kind of came together into more of a narrative design than you would think initially looking at you know a tabletop card game this week because we have dakota with us we're gonna do a little bit more of a deep dive into the actual minutiae of the art on these cards and how the artists are telling a story or at least creating a narrative moment if not like a full-blown story um yeah and before we dive (laughs) in dakota what are like if you're sitting down to create a character design or drawing a landscape sure what are the sorts of things and you don't need to get like super in the weeds but like what are the what are (laughs) the each pencil yeah (laughs) uh what are the big initial decisions that you make when you're thinking about how to tell the story of the piece of art? And like, this can be very big picture stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to assume for this that I have a story in mind already. Yeah, let's not, say you, you, get, a, you yeah. get a prompt. 
yeah, yeah. And we don't sure. need to, so we don't need I to see... like break it down into sure. what so the prompt get, is. But if I get a prompt or a, a pitch or, or something like that, step one is trim all the fat. <laughs> okay. Because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fat that comes in things that like that that are useful for things like mood and that kind of thing, but aren't actually that important to the piece it's the icing on the cake um, after you're done yeah exactly exactly like it's you know i don't care what kind of crown the king is wearing i need to know that he's a king right sure i so i have the i have all the pieces that i want um which is basically just what is the narrative what is the mood who is the main character what are they doing etc cetera, etc cetera. and i just sort of i may I, I i usually make like a small list of just so I have a different version that has no fat in it uh, that I can look at that doesn't sure. distract me. And then I just sort of, I lay out a variety of compositions trying to find something that shows the whatever I've decided the important part of the narrative that I'm trying to show is. So if it's of like a really personal, emotional character moment, then the composition might feature, you know, the character's face and we can, you know, really see the expression. Uh, if it's, you know, an action shot, it'll probably feature whatever that action is. So it's like, if it's if it's a person and the, the point is that they're, you know, in a gladiator fight, because why not? Then the, I will probably show them in gladiator outfits fighting other gladiators, you know. They'd... Yeah. Some One of my professors told me at one point, at least as far as drawing goes, because, you know, there's a variety of things. But generally speaking, you can tell whether or not a composition is working within the first 30 seconds of making it. Damn. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, that's why thumbnails exist. Right. Because I don't, you know, especially from a professional sort of side, if it takes me five hours to make a bunch of sketches, you know, say it's random, say it takes, say I do a hundred sketches in five hours and 90% of the, or okay, 80% of those for easy math are bad and don't work i have wasted wasted four hours hours. exactly okay so instead of doing that spend you know 30 seconds each on 100 sketches still do those 100 sketches but you know spend 30 seconds each on them work smart and say okay you know it doesn't matter what shape this is i can label it king and put a smiley face on it and call it a day but it the the narrative and the composition reads more than anything else yeah and so you're, you're then kind of... I can move on to the important shit. Gotcha. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and dive into... I have selected a, a number of magic cards that I think have interesting art from a variety of angles. I, I, am, I am a layman in the, in, insofar as visual art goes, but I tried to pick cards that take, to my Luddite eyes, very different approaches to what sure. they're doing. Uh, and I know that you... I'm excited. I know that you selected a couple as well. We'll see how many we get through. I've got like six ready, I think. Seven? I have three, uh, maybe four. All right. Well, we won't get to all of those I'm in the course of the hour. But what? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to drop our first piece uh, that we're going to be discussing here in the channel. Yeah, I hit it. It is that. the art for the card Lightning Runner. Ooh. Uh, a piece of art by Raymond Swanland, who's one of my personal favorite magic artists. Yep. Uh, and what I like about this is this, it's... It's a red card uh, for for you game design nerds. It's three red red for a 2-2 with double strike and haste. 
and it generates a thing that was unique to Magic the Gathering in the Kaladesh set, which is energy counters. So when it attacks, you get energy, and you can pay energy, a lot of it, to get a second combat phase. And just like, haha, I get to fight you twice. But the art is fucking rad. Hey, Dylan, do you want to audio describe this shit? Um, okay, yes. Let's, uh, it looks like a, how would I describe this warrior? Uh, help me out here. Uh, it's the Lightning Runner. And uh, yeah. they are <laughs> wearing armor that is very, uh, it's, it's covering, like, parts of their torso and, like, most of their legs, and it's glowing with this blue energy, and it's showing the uh, path that the lightning runner took before uh, running up a wall and uh, flipping over a bunch of guards in pursuit. Yeah, it's got kind of like a Sonic the Hedgehog meets uh, Family Matters trail behind this runner. Yeah, and the the angle is really interesting because it's kind of like a a top down Dutch angle shot of like this character horizontally in the air. It's a wild piece of art. It's really cool. And I, I will tweet all of these uh, alongside our episode when this goes up, so you'll be able to to reference the photos if you want to. So I guess question one: this compositional choice. Do you why do you think that this was the the angle that they ended up landing on? I have. A ton of thoughts about this composition. All of them are positive. <laughs> it's um, real good. Raymond Swanland kicks ass. Also, before I dive into those, I want to I want to make a note that about style. And, and Raymond Swanland is a great sort of uh, example for this because I don't know there there may be a couple at this point, but especially back in the day, there were very few artists that I could see something from literally across a room and say oh look oh that's that person and raymond swanland does a really like it, it his style is very consistent and this yeah. is actually somehow one of the least spiky piece i'd have no other way to describe yeah, that's, it no that's but, that's very true and that's kind of why i picked it is raymond swanland but is it's known still, for it still reads as like his very dynamic, colorful style. I'm, yeah. I'm very pro this piece. Raymond Swanland um, loves him some Dutch angles, and he loves very spiky silhouettes. And this one has yep. one of those two things. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, one of the most important things, especially from like card design specifically, is that you know just because you paint something at like eighteen by twenty four, it the actual card is like you know an inch plus a little bit yeah and then I, th two, I think it's like it's tiny yeah i think the the <laughs> art portion of a magic card is like three by one and a half ish inches yeah it's like not exactly that but it's not yeah. much bigger than that at all yeah it's really it's so like you have to be able to read it tiny uh which is where composition comes so important like uh this this fellow in the bottom right corner you know we Unless you're me, or, you know, one of the people who are like, oh, look at this amazing painting that I'm going to dive into for three hours. Oh, it's my <laughs> turn. Oops. But, like, you know, you'll, you'll, you will draw the card. You'll say, oh, like, okay, and then you'll, you, you know, play it. But, like, so, like, this fellow in the corner, you know, other than being a frame for this figure, does not really serve any, uh, <laughs> like, massive, like, he's, we don't know who he is. He's not important. No. He's um, important in his relationship to this yeah, person, which we exactly. can assume is antagonistic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, based on 
<laughs> antagonistic, but also probably jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, have lightning boots. I don't want those. That's not fair. <laughs> he's, he's cheating. <laughs> Hacksaw. Ma. <laughs> um, but the thing that I love about this piece is that there are essentially, there are two focal points, right? And it's the compositionally, the first focal point we go to is not the face of the character. At least I don't. No. Um, and I would hazard a guess that most people don't. It is her left leg. Yep. And that is just a brilliant decision. Uh, She's the runner. What is exactly? <laughs> That's the most important thing. It's not. And if it was like, insert name here, comma, the lightning runner. Yeah. You know, we might have made a different decision. But it's the, the important thing about this person is that they are a dope magic parkour person. Yeah. <laughs> um. And that's their official job title. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and so you know we we have like the the in terms of what's called value hierarchy, which is just you know the broad statement that the area of highest contrast will be where the, your eyes the, go. The most visual, yeah, the most visually grabbing, among other things. Value hierarchy is a is a massive barrel of worms that we yeah. need to dive into. <laughs> but you know that is where you go, and then. You have this dynamic and very harsh angled silhouette on a white background, or light background, uh, that leads you directly to the second focal point, which is this person's face. Yeah, and what I love, and sorry, just to to, to hammer this home, in case you're not looking at it, we were talking about, you know, focal point one is that right leg, or that left leg, yeah, which is accented by this big swath of this, like, blue-white energy of the trail, and then... At least for me, my eye goes there, and then it follows that trail, which becomes fainter and fainter, but leads to the face at the other end of the the other like diagonal p- point of the card. And that's which the brilliant so thing cool. about this piece <laughs> is that there's there's two ways to go through it because uh, there's that way, and then there's the I'm going to follow the line of action of the figure. Yeah, and I think both are valid, and, and both lead you to the same place. And it's great. It's so cool. Uh, <laughs> top tier. And I think my favorite thing about the figure here is that, and this is, you know, not composition or anything, but this person has, A, very clearly done this many times. Yeah. <laughs> and B, like, the expression is almost bored. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, God, these dorks again. <laughs> Which adds a whole nother level, level to, like, magic cards have a hard time telling, like, a story. Yeah, but they frequently are really good, and good magic cards are exceptionally good at illustrating like an instant in action. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, what you're saying the, about that's like your general idea whenever you're trying to create an image. Yeah, and this that expression you're talking about just like highlights, you know, it, it's kind of like a, when when I zipzagged up the up the wall and tripped you it was the worst day of your life for me it was Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Vibe. Or of this. It, I mean. And it also Speedrunner M. Bison. <laughs> um, it establishes the uh, the sort of the type of character, and you can go a lot of different directions with that kind of thing. Because you know, if 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 they had like some kind of cocky smirk, like gotta go fast, yeah, would also be totally valid. It's just a would different be totally valid. Character. It's just it's a it's a different story, and I think that the the conscious decision, like everything, there was there was a. Uh, 
another professor I had at one point who said, don't put anything on a canvas that you didn't want, that you didn't intend to put there. Yeah. And like everything here is just the most conscious of choices. And they all, you know, do a thing, whether that thing is, hey, look, I framed the face or like this tells me a lot about this character. So Dakota, yeah. I I actually wanted to ask a question. Um, and if you talked about this while I was wrestling with my computer's RAM, um, <laughs> please forgive me. The uh, what are your thoughts on the the use of color in in this picture? Because I'm noticing um, a lot of like recurring purples, uh, reds, gold. Yeah, it's it's got a very consistent palette going yeah. on. Yeah, sure. Um, and I think like if you don't have anything to say about that, like oh, me trust me. We could do the entire hour with this. Um, Fair. This this was a dangerous invite, you boys. Yeah. Um, but to to not do that, um, <laughs> color. I mean, the color here is fantastic. It's it. You're working in contrast, because you have these. Um, there's actually very little red. Yeah, it's a lot of brown. Uh, it's it's a lot of orange and brown. Uh, but it's warm orange and brown, which reads as red at a distance. And then you have, you know, the, the blue magic instantly grabs your eye. Like, it's like, oh, look, it's blue stuff. That's not red stuff. <laughs> which is partially consistent with Kaladesh as a whole, like in, in, the, in sort of the, the set consistency. Yeah, uh, that's one of the other elements of, of magic card design is they yeah. have directors for each set so even though they've got you know dozens of artists working they're all working from kind of like the the design handbook that's laid yeah. out by the and that's the pretty standard lead. for uh, things that even even things that aren't magic like yeah you you will have an art director whose job it is to say you know these are the choices we're making yeah for to tell the broader implications of this story um but yeah i mean the the uh I th I think my favorite part of of the color inclusions of this is actually the fact that, for the most part, not even for the most, I think it's just true. Um, looking at it again, there is one color that we see here that we don't see anywhere else, not in like the card, but just in the card. There is one color that is in one spot and no other spots, and that is purple. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that is in the character's like bandana thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, a there's like a little bit of purple along like that lower third of the wall. It's yeah, like there's like, like a, a there's like a cool reddish gray. Yeah, uh, which reads but, at least it reads as purple against the the other colors yeah, going on. Yeah, uh, but this like deep saturated purple like indigo thing that we get in their bandana is a very unique color to the piece and just further draws your attention to the face. Yeah. Um, which is just uh, so good. Good job, Raymond Swanland. It's real fucking good. He's he's one of my favorite magic artists, and I love seeing him do things like this that are a little bit further away from like, look at all the spikes. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, moving forward, do you want me to drop another one, Dakota, or do you want to drop one of the ones that you selected? I actually would love to drop one of the ones I selected because it actually has a lot of counterpoints to Lightning Runner. Okay, uh, okay. It. I grabbed the art itself and not the card that's fine. Uh, so if you want the card i will put it to you but i was also just gonna mention it um but and i know i know i have word flailed at this about this at you chris before okay uh but i want to bring it up again because uh it's so good um but in the oh, chat yes fuck yep, yes I, yep yep <laughs> 
Uh, so, uh, so this is this is the card Syncopate, specifically the printing in uh, the Dominaria set from a, a couple of years ago, and it's it's a it's a blue counter spell that it is a it is a card that you can use to make your opponent's thing not work is the the game design portion of it. Okay. Uh, do you want? God, me I love to this piece of art. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want. Yeah. I want to see your description of uh, Dylan. Okay, so it's like the the backdrop is like very cloudy looking. Um, there's there's uh, it, it looks like uh, there might be a rock uh, behind the figure, and then there's a bunch of sky, and then there's a red kind of magic attack that looks like it's uh, zeroing in on the uh, the the subject of the picture, um, who is a Looks like a, a middle-aged man who is wearing a blue tunic, uh, gray cape, and there the this red offensive magic that's kind of coming towards him. He he's just kind of holding a very non-committal hand out towards it. Uh, he's not even looking in the direction of the magic attack. It's it's very cool. It says a lot. Um, and then also there's like I don't know how to describe it, but there's like a circle. There's a bunch of circles around where. I guess it's to imply that this is where the magic is targeting. Yeah, um, but it's it's a little hard to explain without the viewer looking yeah, it, at it. It's difficult to to break down, but the the way that I've always interpreted it is that like reality is kind of like breaking to say that like nope, that magic isn't happening. Yep. Yep. Mm. God, it's so fucking um, cool. And I the I can't remember. I read this somewhere. I, it may have been in an interview with the artist, uh, who by the way is brilliant. If you is haven't this, looked is this at McKinnon? his work. This is Tommy Arnold. Oh, okay, Tommy Arnold. I uh, I have a couple McKinnon pieces uh, locked mm, in the chamber. God, so McKinnon gonna... is top tier. Uh, no, this is Tommy Arnold. Okay. He was actually he's one of I I'm not sure how many people can say this, but uh, so Tommy Arnold was first brought on. Sorry, side note. Tommy Arnold was first brought on for Kaladesh. Okay. Um, and he was hired for two pieces on Kaladesh, and like right first contract with Wizards, and. One of those pieces was one of the Kaladesh masterworks. That's rad. Okay, for um, for to translate that, Kaladesh was a set a few years ago, and it was the first time that Wizards introduced this idea of printing older cards that were much desired as reprints, but not in a way that would be legal in the format, and with okay, like thank you. <laughs> brand new, unique art and unique card frames. Yep. And let me just for your reference, Dylan. I'll grab the Tommy Arnold uh, masterwork. Yeah, so for in Kaladesh they were called inventions because Kaladesh was all about yeah, that's what it was. Uh, like an in, it, the the main story beat was this inventor's fair. Uh, this is the one that he was hired to do. Oh, yo, he okay. got oh uh, fuck, I love Static Orb. Yeah, he did Static Orb. The Static Orb art kicks ass. <laughs> yeah, and that was one of his first contracts with Wizard. I think that was, I mean it was the first contract. It was one of two set two cards he did for Kaladesh. That's rad. Um. But anyway, why did you uh, why did you select this syncopate art? Uh, I selected this syncopate art for a couple of reasons. Reason number one, as Dylan so accurately described, it is a very clear instant. It is a very clear narrative, yeah. and the emotion in this piece is really obvious in a way that's also subtle. Because <laughs> this such is such a nonchalance to it. I, exactly, I really yeah. love it. It's this guy who's like a. There's a lot of symbolism in this piece insofar as, A, the fire that is coming at him, it's not clean fire, right? It's not like a a pure bolt. It's like 
a gross oil fire belching black smoke. Like, it's yeah, and, not a nice fire. And it uh, it even looks a little bit like it might have been intentionally left a little bit unfinished compared to other elements. Like, if you look at, yeah. like, the, the lower left corner, it looks like... And I'm, I'm, you know, the the image that we're pulling from is not the highest resolution, so I'm not able to get super in the in like detail. But it looks almost like there's like loose flecks of paint, yeah, that's coming off accurate. of that like red streak. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm I'm super here for this piece. I it's... love it with all my heart. Um, and that's one of the things that you can use to sort of enforce your own focal, like whatever focal point you're picking, is that you can say, okay, this is the place I want people to look. I'm going to render the hell out of this face. Yeah. Or in this because, case, this arm. Or this arm, yeah. And and what ends up happening is that's another that's another type of contrast, right? Is sort of detailed versus lack of detail. That just further drives attention. I have looked at paintings all over the place by, you know, people I greatly admire, and I have tried to purposefully look like where I can tell they don't want me to look. <laughs> and it's like this door is two brush strokes and that's it. And, and it's, and they're, they're, they're correctly placed and very, very accurate and good. But it's like, why are you looking at this door? This is not the important thing. And, and, and so I'm yeah. not going to give you the ability to dive into this door. Yeah. You can tell that it's a door and that's all it needs and that's to be all in you the need. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. But I think that this is, this is the, the, one of the reasons I picked this image is just that it's, it also makes the viewer feel like so safe around this character because this is the first time so this card has been printed three times okay. and this is the first time that the card has featured a known and named character and that character is a, is a protagonist uh and to fairy named to fairy indeed and in especially in in figural sort of portrait slash like mid shot uh illustration and also film there actually is a lot of crossover uh, with like composition yeah. and cinematography, um, but there is a concept of headroom, which I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with. Being I slightly I, film, adjacent. I, I took a cinematography course that I yeah. enjoyed. I am roughly, of. I am roughly um, familiar with it. But if you could educate yeah. so, me and the audience, a, a figure in the center of the frame is a figure that's standing still. Uh, a figure that has more room in in front of them in the frame is a figure that's moving. Like it's that the story is this figure is going somewhere, and this just I and I don't know how much of this is specifically Western focused because we as a culture read left to right, so it might be different in other parts of the world. And then a figure on the sort of away side of the frame, that is to say, a figure with more room behind them. The story is something is happening to this person, and uh, it sort of a turns it turns them from the the actor the actor not to <laughs> yeah. to like the acted yeah and in in cinematography the reason for this is when you're dealing with moving things if you have a character like far frame right looking to the right there's a whole lot of room behind them that something else could move into yeah, yeah. is where that that comes from in film and mm -hmm. same applies up and down as well or can sure but and so we have this person this figure who like we see and 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 he's composed to have something happen you can draw a person not doing not being burned like 18 million ways yeah <laughs> um but the this very specific composition here is is saying like this is happening at him 
from a mysterious unknown source and he's and not he's like it. and he and he's not letting it and that is and i think also the fact that the biggest amount of clarity because of the, all the distortion in the in the image the biggest amount of clarity that we get is with the figure with whom we as people identify. We see a person, we say, oh, that's I'm, like us. Right? I'm one of those. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm two arms and legs and a head that's on top. Um, <laughs> so we identify with this person and we see this angry attack and, and he's deflecting it. And we sort of live in, in this area with him in terms of the that's where our attention is mostly focused. And so there's a little bit of subconscious, like, we feel protected. Yeah. Um, and it's and a card that protects you. It's true. It's true. And it's really interesting because this is the first printing of this card to feature that in a way that involves the viewers more. Um, yeah, because the, the, first... the previous instances, and I'll, I'll, I'll tweet these as well, it feels a little bit more like you the person looking at the art is the aggressor at least that's how i kind of look at it like this first one the fireballs are coming more or less from like where you as the point of person looking at it from your point of view and also yeah. we don't know who this this mage that's defending themselves is yeah okay. that was actually confirmed by the original artist was this person is unknown and unnamed and not a character in the you know canon yeah. And then the second then, one, it, it looks almost like the, the character is judging you, the person who deigned to tr dare to cast a spell. Uh-uh-uh. Yeah. Like, they're doing the sonic finger waggle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't go fast enough. I am um, the ultimate life form. <laughs> <laughs> and so when we get this, uh, when we get Wait, this new printing I'm, that's I'm far more... Yeah, I, I just I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to point out in the one with the Sonic the Hedgehog yeah. finger waggle, the uh, flavor text at the bottom is patience, mage. Killing you now would be too easy, <laughs> which is so good. <laughs> which is like so extra. Shadow the Hedgehog shit. The I've yeah. edgy boy. Chaos control. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's having having this far less aggressive and far more passively dismissive like it's not like a ah uh, 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 you shouldn't have done that it's i don't have time for you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been a long day yeah like this is just he's tired and doesn't want to deal with your fireball shit yeah it it almost feels like ah oh, that's cute yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and it's just it's a really nice change but i also i wanted to bring it up because it is this really interesting because it's a much more static composition than lightning runner but i think it's just as powerful yeah no it's yeah. it's very cool but yeah i i have a few more i'm sure you have a couple more but we will get to those after we take a brief seat in the theater and open up that good good playbill yay It's the Playbill. This is where we talk about other things that we're doing, other shit that we have going on, other places you can find our stuff. Uh, and because you are the guest, Dakota, if people wanted to see your art, if people wanted to see the kind of stuff that you work on, how can people find you? Google 
<laughs> okay, but I was hoping for, I don't yeah. know, Twitter handles, Instagram no, accounts, websites, that kind of, <laughs> not the verb of how they find you, but like, give give them places to go, you great clod. <laughs> what did you call him? <laughs> a great clod, clod, and I stand by it. Chris watches Steven Universe. Anyway. I have never watched an episode of Steven Universe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I was wrong. Um... <laughs> And now you have that audio file recorded forever. Yes. That's my new ringtone. My <laughs> Dakota saying I was wrong. Yep. <laughs> um, if you want to find my work, uh, Twitter. Yeah, at Dakota Curry Art on Twitter. You can. My website is dakotacurry.com. There's actually going to be some pretty exciting updates coming to that Ooh. shortly. Uh, I'm posting the first round of thesis stuff soon. Oh, super cool. Like officially. And so be on the lookout for that. Twitter is probably the most active. You can also find me on Facebook, uh, Instagram. All the handles are the same. It's Dakota Curry Art, like Perfect. everywhere. Uh, yeah, it was super convenient that they were all open. <laughs> That's um, not, never happened to me, man with most common name. But <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, DakotaCurry.com for my official website. Uh, Dakota Curry Art on most social media, and be on the lookout for some interesting and funky stuff. Hell yeah! Uh, hey, Dylan. You yes. have a different podcast, you cheating trollop. What is what is that? <laughs> you wanna you wanna tell me about this? We let you in on the fun, Chris. <laughs> um Well, now that I've been now that I've been put on full blast, I guess now would be a good time <laughs> to tell you that I'm on dude that's like dude as in dude where's my car. You hate me. <laughs> I do, it's true. <laughs> I gotta stop this running joke, because, like, people who are just jumping in at this episode aren't gonna get it. Um, <laughs> but, dude, uh, you remember Macross, which is a podcast where a mutual friend of Chris and I, uh, Coop, I get with him and we talk about various different uh, entries in the science fiction 80s mecha anime franchise, uh, Super Dimensional Fortress Macross. That show focuses a lot on... Uh, coming of age stories, uh, the military, pop culture, romance. Um, it's it's a potpourri of a lot of different things, and you know, uh, we watch three episodes a week usually, uh, and then we we break it down, uh, go beat for beat what the plot was, and then you know try to dig my like pan for any gold specs uh, in the episodes we find. Um, so if that sounds fun to you, you can check that out at anchor.fm slash dude you remember. We are also on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Hell yeah. You should also check out The Unexplored Places. They're an actual play podcast currently uh, three episodes into their second season, which is a brand new story, brand new campaign using the scum and villainy sci-fi RPG system. Uh, I'm on it as one of the main characters. Dylan is on it as a... Uh, kind of recurring extra, yeah, semi-regular, which I think, if the last time we recorded is any indication, you should be getting the call for uh, for an arc sometime pretty soon. Yep. Um, Christine already but, messaged me. Um, oh, perfect. So I don't know, like, when that's going to be, but... I don't either, but I'm really excited for it. But yeah, so the, it's a great group of people, it's a great story, uh, it's a ton of fun to record, and I've been having a ton of fun listening back, and I think you will too, so you should find them on Twitter at UnexploredCast, or by going to unexploredcast.libsyn.com. Follow me on Twitter, at CJWilsonVA, follow Dylan on Twitter, at TheDilla, T-H-A underscore D-I-L-A. We could talk about other things we're involved in, but that would take time, and time is 
money? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Thank you, as always, to our patrons at patreon.com slash bsgpod. This is, once again, your fault, and we appreciate the hell out of all of you and the, the support that we have gotten. If you like what we're doing and want to support the show, patreon.com slash bsgpod is the way to do that. And thank you to the HP Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. You can find them retweeting all of the other shows. There's a ton of different shows looking at video games from different angles. You can find them on Twitter at HPVGPodNetwork. That's all I have. Any any other things either of you want to want to plug? Nope, I'm good. Yeah, I don't think I have anything that is... Yeah, no. Cool. And now we're back. Uh, I've got one more that probably can be done relatively quickly. I feel like this is one that you will enjoy, Dakota. I'm excited. Uh, it is one of my favorite pieces by one of my favorite artists. It's an, a magic artist named Seb McKinnon. Who I was gonna ask, <laughs> uh, but it, it it's he's an artist who specializes in. I don't know if I can say he specializes in mood. I don't know if that means anything, but that's the best <laughs> way I can describe how his paintings are put together. Uh, and this is his art for a reprinting of Entomb. Uh, <laughs> don't it's put such... that in the episode. <laughs> is, is, that, uh, is that Dakota bait? It's such a good piece good of art. Good art is Dakota bait. <laughs> so it's, this is a card that all it does is you can go into your deck and put any card that you want into your graveyard. Hey, Dylan, audio describe this shit. Yes. I don't know why right. this became your job, but I like that it is. Yeah, I mean, like, give me something to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so it's a, a very orange sky, like, uh, with a bunch of uh, grays and browns being the mood of the rest of the picture. There is, you know, the, there's the orange sky. I'm going to assume it's twilight because that's the vibe this image is giving yeah. off. Or sunset, whatever have you. Uh, there is a, looks like a, a bunch of arches in the background. Uh, I don't know why I'm always starting from the background, moving to the foreground, but, uh, bear Works with for me. me. Uh, that's there... how most people paint. Okay, well, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm thinking like a painter. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're halfway there. Oh my gosh. It's like a ratatouille. Anyone can cook. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, there are... There are some trees, uh, some robed figures in front of the trees uh, that are very faint uh, the further away from the viewer we get. And they, they kind of blend into the trees, but they become more definite as we come to the cr front. And then they are surrounding what seems to be in a very shallow grave, a single hand punching through the earth with its fingers slightly curled. It's so good. It's like... <laughs> Seb McKinnon, the reason he's one of my favorite artists is he's able to take like very abstract things and approach them in the, in a way that is simultaneously like very grounded like you know what this is but it's also got this kind of surrealism to it. It's very Yeah. I I'm not enough of an art historian to know if saying impressionist is accurate, but it gives me the same feeling as like looking at a, at a, a more impressionist sort of painting would. It's definitely. I don't know that I would go full on impressionist. Yeah, but it like definitely impressionist maybe. I don't is, know if that's an actual yeah. term, but... No, but it's like, a term. It doesn't represent these things, oh. but it is a term. Oh, no. I embarrassed myself in front of the <laughs> art community. You didn't know anything about a thing. Neither do I. Um, 
No, uh, Dylan, for your context, uh, post-impressionism is Van Gogh. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. now I know. Yeah, now, now you learned a thing. Yeah. I absolutely love this. And I actually, I hadn't seen this piece, this, this, uh, this, this, uh, reprint before, so I'm very happy to now have seen this and gifted my viewers with this thing. By viewers, of course, I mean eyes, yeah. not people that pay attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> who, who would do that? This, yeah, I mean, this is brilliant. Um, I would hazard a guess that the brief for this one is relatively short. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, it's like, we see... I feel like we honestly the brief could be zombie rises out of ground. But the thing uh, that I think is brilliant temple. is it, it's not necessarily Wait. rising. Like we, we there is yeah. no implication of motion in this. This is true. And the card is in tomb. It's not disentomb. I guess yeah. the thing that like led me to that conclusion and you're right it is in tomb. I think it might have something to do with the light. I, That's definitely like, fair. It's giving yeah. me or maybe it's the arch in the the background, the way like it's pointed upwards. Yeah, it draws yeah. your eyes from the thing upward. Yeah. yeah. You know what my favorite part about this painting is, though? Hmm. Mm-hmm. There's there's one very specific thing and decision that I absolutely love. This composition is is very symmetrical, obviously, with one very tiny, almost irrelevant, but then not exception. And what's that? Um, on the left hand side. There is one figure that is holding a red lantern, mm-hmm. and it just because one of the biggest problems with uh, symmetrical compositions is that it's very difficult to then get your eye to go anywhere else than the middle. Yeah, um, and which can be very important. Like this, the focal point on this is definitely that palm in dead center. hundred oh, <laughs> percent. But um, yeah. But it is very difficult to then create interest elsewhere in the painting. Um, and that tiny little red lantern that isn't on the other side is just like, oh, what's that? Look over here. And it's, <laughs> and it's actually the second focal point of the piece. Yeah. Even it's... though it's just like this tiny little, oh, I love it. Yeah. There, there's not a ton else to talk about with this one that isn't like, that wouldn't be treading old ground. Uh, yeah. that we've already discussed, but I wanted to bring it up because it is one of my favorite pieces of art in this game. And it do- it's it's a very simple painting that manages to be simple really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you want to you wanna drop one more? Uh, sure. Oh, yes. Fuck yes. Love this piece of art. <laughs> uh, but for those of you that aren't in our Discord that is filled oh. with magic cards and also a bunch of us being nonsense, this is the art for uh, Colossal Dreadmaw from the 2017 Ixalan. Ixalan was a set where the, the design philosophy was Central America at moment of colonization, but the colo- the colonizers are vampires and also there are dinosaurs. Yep. That was, that's the, the briefest description I can give of the Ixalan setting. I want to watch this arc of Hunter Hunter. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, me too. Yeah, like either All right, I'll see you at eight. One piece. Mechanically, this card is just a real big dinosaur. It's just a big, beefy creature. The art's fucking superb. Oh, man. Hey, Dylan, audio describe this? this shit. Um, okay. So, I'll just, you know, to uh, not break my established pattern, although I, I'll, I'll start with the foreground because there's not really a whole lot of background. There are a bunch of rocks overgrown with uh, trees and vines and all sorts of jungle vegetation. You can tell that they're on a river, A, because there's a boat in the uh, 
Is that the focal point? Or is the, the giant-ass dinosaur the focal point? <laughs> they, they are both focal points of a different... <laughs> Of different We're going to talk about, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So you know that there's a river. Uh, there is, like I said, a boat being chased by a big-ass uh, dinosaur, and the vampire pirates are all jumping ship. <laughs> it's fucking great. Um, I want to take this moment to point out that I'm pretty sure Ixalan abandoned the whole running water and vampires thing. Yeah, I think Because so. otherwise this would be rough for them. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> well, I, I have a choice of two deaths. <laughs> I would rather I would rather I die, die on my turn. <laughs> yeah, from hell's heart. Uh, yeah, this art is fucking superb. This is uh, this is Jesper Ensing or Jesper Ensing. Yes, I don't Jesper Ensing. I think I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but I know his first name is Jesper. I just want to say that my favorite detail in this picture are the sails, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah, soon. So yeah, um, why did you why did you bring this to our desk? Oh, for so many reasons. Um, but I want to begin my discussion of it with another picture. Um, okay. Because so Jesper, uh, Jesper runs an online blog blog website thing. Um, <laughs> presence. Uh, he runs an online presence uh, entitled BuddyColors.com, uh, in which he, you know, a lot of the a lot of the posts are about are are from him, but he also has videos and contributors and articles and random art stuff all of which is awesome uh everyone if you are if you like art just go look at it it's cool random shout out to Jesper uh please it's it's a cool website anyway he did a he did a post about this painting um and one of the things that he included in the post that you can't see anywhere else to my knowledge is the original four sketches that he did Oh, so like when, his thumbnails. Okay. Yep, yep, when composing this I'm piece. really excited. And I have those as a gift for you guys. Oh, you spoil me. Oh, they're no, all so know. good. They're all really yeah. good. <laughs> yep. I think yep. that he definitely chose the strongest one, but they're all... So thumbnail one, we see the dinosaur is much more in the foreground running towards a boat in the background. Number two, it's back to dinosaur background, boat foreground, but it's got much more of like a guy looking up at Godzilla kind of point of view yeah. where all you can it's really see at the boat like is the uh the mast active too. Yeah. It places you a little bit more in the the boat. Uh number 3 is probably the closest in composition to what we finally got in that it's it's again boat foreground dinosaur behind but it's much more it's much more of an action pose. The dinosaur is actively running. It looks like he was rendering loose splashes of where its feet are hitting the river. Mm -hmm. uh, and then number four is a rough version of what we finally got. Yeah, those are all um, really cool. <laughs> there's a, if you guys want, if both you, my lovely friends, and you, the audience, want to deeper, deeper dive into this piece, there is a, there's, you know, he, he has a whole post that's where I grabbed these from. Uh, I will not go into all of it, but he's got, you know, a whole big thing talking about his process for this piece. But I wanted to kind of take a note on... You know, these are all narrative, and narrative especially in, in illustration, that kind of thing, comes so much from composition that I wanted to share yeah. the compositional sketches, because they tell a different narrative. Hell yeah. And the one that, you know, the one that we sort of ended up with tells a much more, or a, um, it tells it tells a narrative that is, is far less frequently explored, okay. which is to say it is, it's telling a narrative of 
a dinosaur that isn't chasing you. Like, it's there, and it's terrifying, but it's not like, oh, girl, I'm a big lizard, yeah, I'm there's, gonna eat you. There's nothing in this composition that immediately screams, it is actively coming for you. Yeah, it feels as much more as, like it's just looking, staring them down, and all. Yeah, the as much as the are sailors are like, themselves. "Well, fuck, we found this." <laughs> yeah, and I think that's that's one of my favorite things about the piece is the fact that it's not it 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 far. I feel like this piece more than any other piece in Ixalan emphasizes the fact that these sailors do not belong here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Even to the point of like the boat seems to be drawing on a like it's it is a complementary color palette but the boat is full of colors that aren't anywhere else in mm-hmm. or at least not in their va- these values are not found anywhere yeah. else in the frame mm-hmm. yeah one of my favorite that one of my favorite things is because originally and he talks about this in the article but originally he had planned on this just being a boat right there there yeah, was not in the thumbnail in the thumbnail there was not there the, the people aren't there and he added in in his sort of refined sketch that he did before he started painting um he added the guy jumping off and he added a very concerned fellow in the crow's nest yeah which we still we we still see here <laughs> um and it was i it's just such a good point uh especially to draw the audience in cuz it's and and he brings this up uh but if you want people to feel something about a thing one of the easiest ways to do that is to put a person in it feeling <laughs> the thing that the people are supposed to feel um and in this particular case that feeling is sheer utter panic yeah th- that feeling is <laughs> fuck there's a dinosaur <laughs> that feeling is ah! <laughs> so i want to talk about my my favorite thing about this and this is me looking at it kind of cinematographically because that is the the closest to not to visual language knowledge that i have but the way that everything is framed and the way things are broken down into interior frames is so cool mm-hmm. so you've got uh, this would be you know a little three by one and a half inch piece of uh image framed by the card frame and then within that you've got these big roughly detailed not particularly like like heavily rendered rocks and trees and roots in the like extreme foreground that cause an even narrower frame to develop where you see the boat and then the yard arm of the mainmast sail cuts that into two smaller frames the upper left frame perfectly framing the head of this dinosaur and the lower right frame framing the person falling off and the dinosaur's big fuck off claws <laughs> and the way that they like the way that he he crafted all of these interior like smaller framed images in this larger piece to help guide your eye is so fucking cool it's, and adds almost a layer here. of like claustrophobia to the image yep like it's which further makes you feel unwelcome yep yeah yeah it's 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 wild this is a great piece of art i absolutely love it 100 percent. and i feel like that is probably a good as good a, as good an off-ramp as we're gonna get because i'm sure that dakota and i at least could continue talking about cool magic art for hours but nobody wants to listen to that so <laughs> we will leave your you, own podcast yeah brand new 
because I have time for another podcast, and <laughs> student and artist Dakota has time to be in a podcast every week. It took us how long to manage to schedule something? Several weeks. Several many weeks. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, thank you all for joining us and listening. I hope that you had fun. Uh, I hope that the the art that I have tweeted is of a high enough quality that you're able to follow along if you want to, and I hope that Dylan did a good enough job audio describing, and we did a good enough job talking about the elements that we wanted to uh, that you don't need to. And until next time, we have been Backstage Gaming. Thank you again for joining us. Hey, hey Dakota, tell hey. me where one more time where people can find you if they want to follow your shit. Uh, most social media handles are Dakota Curry Art. Twitter is the most active, probably followed by Instagram. Facebook exists. I update it sometimes. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, my website's just dakotacurry.com. So. Hell yeah. And thank you all for listening to another episode of Backstage Gaming. As always, you can find us at bsgpod.com or in your podcatcher of choice. And if you like what we're doing, uh, consider leaving a rating, leaving a review, letting, uh, letting us know that you like us, letting other people especially know that you like us. Share us with your friends, your family, your local art friend. <laughs> yeah, everyone has one of those, or yeah. should. We're all, we're everywhere. I there are dozens of two. us. <laughs> there, there, there are tens of us. <laughs> Where can people follow us on social media, Dylan? Um, well, you know, you can hit us up on social media on Facebook. Uh, our Twitter handle is at BSG underscore cast, and you can find us on YouTube. Um, and, you know, if you want to talk about us, maybe post some magic cards you yourself like, uh, you should use that hashtag BSGpod. Also, huge, huge thanks to our friend Brendan French for the key art he has provided our show. If you like his stuff and want to check him out, you can find him on his Squarespace at brennan-french.squarespace.com. That is B-R-E-N-N-E-N-French.squarespace.com. You can also find him on Instagram.com slash Brennan French Arts. You should also check out our friend BioQuery. He's the musician behind our theme song, Dot Sound Radio Volume 1 Instrumentality. And you can find him and all of his great tunes on Spotify by searching for BioQuery. That's B-I-O-Q-U-E-R-Y. Or by going to SoundCloud.com slash BioQuery. Thank you again to the HP Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. If you like our show, you'll probably like some of their shows as well. And you can find them always retweeted at HPVGPodNetwork on Twitter. And thank you to you, our patrons, at patreon.com slash bsgpod. It's all your fault. Without you, none of this would be happening. So you're to blame, not us. Uh, <laughs> if you like our show and you want us to do it more and do it better and get better equipment and all that fun stuff, patreon.com slash bsgpod is the way to support us through that. That's all I've got for this week. Dakota, thank you again for joining us. It was fun to uh, to have you on to talk about this. Thanks for having me. Of I course. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>